Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United, along probably with quite a lot that you didn't. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to the Yellow Army Podcast. We're at Plainmore. We're at the Stadium of Dreams today. We're actually sitting, as we speak, in the Robin Stubbs suite at Plainmore. Very nice Looking out over the pitch. There's never a bad day to be here, is there? It's (laughs) it's a cold, grey, January, Thursday morning, but we're looking out on the pitch. And And if we hang around long enough, we might see a training session. (laughs) We might. uh, Because the players are at Plainmore today um, for... Uh, a Thursday, indeed, um, and uh, uh, Seal Hain is still pretty much underwater, not completely, but it's very, very, it's ankle deep. It's ankle deep at um, at Seal Hain, and I think they really would quite like a break. As good as the five G, four G pitch is at South Devon College, when you're on it every day, yeah, um, and this gives them gives them a chance to get some grass under their feet, doesn't go. it? So, yeah. um, so great stuff. This this. Who wouldn't want to be here anyway? But uh, we start uh, with Gary Johnson's press conference, as ever. Um, we'll talk to Gary uh, in a moment. And the first voice you hear will once again be that of Patrick Tinkler. OK, Gary, let's uh, start by talking about the St Luke's Challenge Cup. Uh, we featured a, a young side in it last night. How did they do and how did we do as a whole? Yes, yeah, I, was, I was quite pleased. I mean, we lost the game. Um, Tivet and had uh, Tivet and uh, Tavistock. Um, they, uh, for the level they're playing at, they looked a good, good side. You know, obviously uh, got a few players that can can play. It was a, uh, and they could play on a pretty wet pitch as well. The pitch was quite wet. Um, but yeah, we had uh, well, we had four or five, sixteen-year-olds, and um, along with a couple of our, a few of our South Devon College lads. Uh, plus lads that are just coming back from injury. We had uh, Jared played, uh, Jared Lewington. Um, Busey could only play a half, and uh, Louis Slough could only play a half, although he tried to play uh, a little bit longer about to come off just after half time. So it, it always serves a, a purpose, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, Toby Stock deserved, deserved their victory, but it was good experience for. Uh, our young ladies to go down there and play a bit of men's football. Johnny Cuniate has left us to join Aldershot. Um, we wish him well, don't we, yeah. after, after his time at the club? Yep, yeah, um, both him and Rory. Um, obviously, we spoke about Rory, but you know, John was another champion, and, uh, and we always um, wish our champions well. But like Rory, he's at the age, 26 now, where he wants to play every week. And sometimes you can't guarantee people playing every week. Uh, Obviously, John was doing okay, got sent off when the other lads came in, and sometimes you you don't change the team for whatever reason. Um, And so with John being out of contract at the end of the year, it was uh, only fair to circulate his name to see whether there was interest for him because generally if you go to the next club they'll give you an 18 month contract or certainly if he does well in the, for the rest of the season at all the shot then if he hasn't already got a contract the next year there then you know, they'll be looking to do one so it's um, yeah we wish him well it's football things change things turn around there'll be different opinions as to you know, whether Rory or John should have stayed but if if you can't guarantee them first team games, and I know, you know what may be coming in, what we tried to get in at the time, and what we're still trying to get in, because we're not held down by the transfer windows. You know, it doesn't really. In fact, it suits us that when the transfer windows finish, we can still uh, do business. And so, lads that didn't move to a league club, that were hoping to move to a league club in the transfer window, suddenly we're the best option, so uh, we just got to wait another day or two before we you know, start um, thinking about bringing lads in to us. 
what stage are we at in terms of this kind of squad refresh and uh, what elements are you looking to add to the team? Well, I'll, I'll, I think everybody, you know, I don't need to sh spill out what, you know, what positions we need. Um, we definitely need a stronger squad. We definitely need a bigger squad um, for the competition. And we've we still got a few lads out, you know, that, that will be back. <coughs> the problem is, <coughs> excuse me, the problem is if you if you fill your squad too early and then your injuries all come back, then people are going to be some people are going to be disappointed, and all of a sudden you've got a different atmosphere around the place. So we have to judge it, time it, um, but we're doing our best to to get the you know the best group of people we possibly can to compete for the rest of this season uh, with one eye on next season as well, whatever division we may be in. We've got some of the injured players back and they're working their way back into the team. Are you seeing early signs of the kind of relationships on the pitch building again in terms of uh, building up performance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you if you take the last four games, what we, five games, that we, we won a couple of games, drawn a couple of games and lost one. Um, if you take the last 10 games, it doesn't sound as healthy as, as that. But, uh, you know, if you take the... Um, after the sort of Yeovil games, and we 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 haven't really we haven't done too bad in letting in goals. When we let in two goals, we won the game at, at, at five. Um, so you could say it's not been a bad sort of last three or four games. Um, but is it four games unbeaten or something? I think it's four games unbeaten. Anyway, um, so. Hopefully we, you know, we we've got that long run out of our systems, and people like uh, Connor, Armani, Asa, you know, they've all sort of come back from long-term injuries. They can only get better and better each each week, and uh, you know, with those types of players getting better and better, then it, it bodes well for for the future. But uh, we've got to get it going pretty quick. Barrow put some formidable. Um Form mm. in place, and uh, but we know that on our day that we can be anyone. We've got talent in the team to overcome uh, any kind of team in, in the division. Hopefully, yeah, we have, and you know we believe that, and we've proved that as well. Um, Barrow are at this moment in time the most consistent team in the league. Um, if you look back over there, they've got a small squad, but they've been very lucky, and they haven't had any too many major injuries and so they've played the same team more or less week in week out and you know every uh, league I've won um, or promotion we, we've had previously generally you've had the luck of keeping the same group of people for a lot longer than we have had this year um, and again Try not to use that as an excuse. I'm using it as a fact that Barrow have been lucky enough to to have some you know, good good players that have been regular. Um, so, and they are at the moment the, the most consistent team in the league. So, it's a great game for us. I think I'm looking forward to it because you're right. We can compete with uh, any team in this league on our day. Um, and the lads need to believe that in their heads as well. Uh, so it's a good game to have to see how far we've come in the last sort of few couple of weeks, if you like, you know, with our change of form a little bit. Um, I know people would not really, none of us in, enjoyed uh, the Ebbsfleet game um, because the ball was only in play for 42 minutes, which is ridiculous. And we knew that Ebbsfleet had come for their draw, even in the first 10 minutes, there was, you know, that. So it's very difficult to get a, um, a momentum going, which is our game. You know, you need to get that momentum and the runs of attacks, and especially when you're at home. And sometimes, if, you, if you're not playing well either and giving the ball away too often, then that, that wastes time as well. But uh, certainly, oppositions have uh, decided to come here and 
shut up shop pretty really quickly and hope to catch us on the on the break. So um, you know we we we'll wait and see our other teams now come to us, but we've got to be good enough to to break them down. Whereas obviously we're going to Barrow now, and I suspect that you know, they've scored seven a couple of times and they've scored four a few times. So I don't know, have they have they scored more than us probably one or two more than us, but um, they haven't no okay. Um, so you know I'm I'm looking forward to that game to see see how we compete with a team that's been pretty consistent. It's our second longest trip of the season, I believe. Uh, second longest? Oh, is it Hartlepool? Hartlepool being the longer. Yeah. Um, obviously, goes that saying, Yellow Army that get up there on the day will be well appreciated. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, at Tavistock yesterday, we had a fellow who travelled on the bus to um, uh, you know, from London to Tavistock to, to watch the game and we made a bit of a fuss of him because I think Downsy saw it on Instagram or something, you know. So credit to him, but you know, and credit to the people that come to these games. You know, we, I'm very, uh, I, I understand how much effort I really do goes into these supporters that that travel to watch us play because you know everything's north of Torquay, everything's a million miles away, and. Uh, and I know the effort, so nobody appreciates them more than I do. And if I can, you know, if I get the chance and I meet people outside the ground, you know, I don't get off the coach, get me head down and go straight into the dressing room. I'll often say that, you know, thanks for coming and we really do appreciate it. As do the boys, definitely. Because I think if I had any players that didn't appreciate that sort of stuff, I, I wouldn't have them there. You know, we've got to appreciate uh, what we do on the pitch but what the club does off the pitch and what the supporters do over the years in, in their support and they can have their opinion sometimes you know they, you feel that we haven't played well then other days we're all happy that's you know, par and parcel of a supporter uh, of a football club and uh, but we, we do respect and thank them for their support when we were talking last week, you were dotting the I's and crossing the T's on bringing a player in. Yeah. That didn't happen for whatever reason. Was that massively frustrating for you? It was frustrating, but I've had 30 Januaries now over the years. And uh, and I know things happen and I've nicked players in the last moments of the transfer window when I was manager in the league. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it is part of the course. But this one was particularly frustrating because it had all been agreed and uh, and the club and the player uh, was speaking to me regular and it was just a matter of uh, you know getting down to Cheltenham the hotel was all ready and uh, getting down uh, to Yeovil <laughs> a fraudulent slip um, could have said about eight other clubs <laughs> yeah. uh, I, was, I was actually thinking of a somebody to let us down at Cheltenham as well but anyway yeah. this is talking um, and you know when I think it was the way it was done as well we wasn't we wasn't told uh, we just you know, uh, we only heard at the very very last minute yeah and and so therefore it messes you up a little bit because we purposely didn't go for other players because as far as we were concerned at the time it, the lad was definitely coming coming to us but these things happen and you know he decided to go to a league club um, which is also I suppose understandable but uh, it did it did leave us with a, a bit of a sour yeah. taste in, in our mouth to be fair so that's that's football I'm afraid and, part and uh, parcel I suppose yeah, it is Tran January parcel. transfer window yeah it is yeah. Um, in the wake of that have you had any Obviously, you, you, you've already mentioned that um, uh, you have to, the timing of these things is quite important. Mm. But uh, are you any further on in the next one on the list or the next two on the list uh, at the moment? Well, I don't want to say, really. No, uh, no, no, no. I'll say yes. In <laughs> a week's time, we still yeah. ain't done it. You'll be yeah. still quizzing me. But yeah. of course, we, we've got an, a group of targets now that we, uh, we have to wait now till after the windows because then you might take the one who thought 
that he was going to league colours, yeah. I just referred to. Um, so um, yeah, we, we, we listen. You ask me any day of the week, any minute <laughs> of the week, and I'll tell you. Yes, we've got people that we're looking at and following, etc. Um, and we are. That's exactly what we're doing. And it's. Uh, I, I think we when when everybody's fit here. I think we've we've got a team, a very very competitive team at this level, and uh, we need to make sure. As Peter always tells me, you can always make your team worse, and uh, that's what we you, you've got to be careful of. You know, I mean, we needed loans at the time for numbers. You know, during the season, you don't just get a loan like that. You know, it's got to be the club wants them to come out and etc. etc. The lad. He's got to want to come, so um, there's all different aspects to it. It's not as easy as you know getting Wayne Rooney when you fancy him, you know, when you want him. So, but uh, we're working hard, definitely, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get it all right. And I know you can say, well, hurry up because you ain't got too much time, and we haven't. But we've we've been trying to do our business diligently um, all the way through, and. We'll see where we end up at the end of the season, but we've also got a build for next season, as I've said, for whatever division we're in. Are any of the our current loans, are they up for decisions? And um, you, I think we mentioned earlier in the month that one or two of our younger loans were possibly up later this month. Are, are there any that are going back or you've made decisions um, on? I mean, obviously one or two have yeah, with Frankie uh, and things like that. Yeah, that's right. Concerns. At the moment, um, Nobody's going back, back no. as such. Now, again, you know, we've still got another day to go, two okay. days, you know. So we got to you know, just be aware that anything could happen. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So, but at this moment in time, all our loans are pretty happy to be here, and the clubs at this moment in time are pretty happy for the, for them to be here as well. Interestingly, uh, something that sort of happened which you have to almost remind yourself about and um, obviously you were alternating Lucas and Sean mm -hmm. for quite a while mm -hmm. and now Lucas has been in there for mm. five games I think five successive games and you did mm. say originally that the, there might come a time when you did make a decision mm. on who in your mind was number mm. one and number two and I know you have a lot of respect for Sean's ability yeah. to come in at any time and, yeah. and, and do the job Definitely. but you've, you've gone with Lucas for five games now does that signify anything that, um, that well it signifies he's got the spot at the moment yeah and Sean's you know been very professional and he's worked hard in training and listen he's the most enthusiastic person in the world Sean and uh, and he needs his football so you know, he, he's he's there working very hard to win his place back, and it is always winnable because he is good enough for that. But um, you know, Lucas had a uh, a couple of good games, and it was circumstance that meant that you know he, he stayed in. Um, we had a couple of nil against. You know, that's he's of, played well. Yeah, yeah. He, he's played well. Um, I mean, don't forget when we were on the losing run. Uh, it wasn't any any one of them that was worse than the other sort of thing, you know. It was just the way things were going at the time. So it's uh, now we've got to make sure that Sean knows that he's you know knocking on the door all the time, and it could be any time. So he's got to be ready. Uh, but yeah, Lucas at the moment has been quite consistent over the last few games. Yeah. Interesting press conference as ever. We're back in the Robin Stubb suite again now, looking out on the pitch. Um, Mad January, he's called it, hasn't he? The uh, the January transfer window. Let's talk a little bit about that frustration. He's clearly very frustrated about what happened last weekend with the striker. And this is and this is a, this is a man who must have been through this as, by his own admission. Yeah. And and he and as he's said as well that the boot has been on the other foot at times where he's actually yeah. stepped in <laughs> yes. and nicked people. So so he's not uh, you know uh, he he's not firing any real bullets. I don't think. But he, I I think it's because. Um, uh, you know the deal, and he he announced it at the press conference last week. Didn't oh, yeah, he? That, that yeah, a striker yeah. was. They were pretty confident that a striker was coming in. Um, uh, you know, 
all the terms had been agreed. Yeah. I think he told us last week that there was he had to play one more game for his club, uh, and then he he'd be down, but probably not in time for the Ebbs League mm. game last Saturday. Um, and I, I think if I'm sort of been doing my homework right, I think what really frustrated Johnson and and United was that the phone lines and the lines of communication went very quiet. Yeah. And and lots of efforts to try and find out what was going going on mm-hmm. fell on stony ground. And that's what he's referring to in terms of it fell through at the last minute. It obviously didn't fall through at the last minute as regards the window is concerned. Mm. But um, it did in terms of when they were expecting it all to happen. Um, he's He studiously avoids saying who the player was. But... Um, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Callum Morton. Yeah. Uh, now this is obviously a little bit more um, interesting in terms of local interest because the lad comes from Torquay, um, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure he was genuinely looking forward to coming back and playing for Torquay. He's he's at West Bromwich Albion yeah. at the moment, or what or was. He's now gone to Northampton Town on loan. Now look. A lad at West Bromwich Albion and West Bromwich Albion, suddenly a League Two club and a decent League Two club yeah. who are trying to win promotion to League One under Keith Curl, former Torquay winger and manager, um, come in and in a sort of a way, not not in financial terms, but I, I, I think, you know, effectively United have been sort of gazumped yeah. in football terms yeah. at, at the last minute. Well, OK, it happens and, and you have to move on. Um, interestingly, Callum Morton, who's ooh, 20, something 20, like that now, something yeah, like that, yeah. strapping. Oh my goodness, hasn't he shot up in the last... He was at the... Well, um, you, you saw him playing the youth team. I did, when he was, at, when he yeah. was um, yeah. uh, ooh, 15, something like that. And um, he... Uh, uh, well, I, th- I think it was a youth team game. I'm not sure it was a, le- a league fixture. He was at Torquay Academy. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, he eventually went to Yeovil Town because United... Uh, United's own sort of youth scheme yeah. uh, closed, uh, and then he went to West Bromwich Albion, uh, and he's done very well there. He was um, on loan somewhere. He was wasn't on he? loan at Braintree yeah. last season, yeah. which, although it doesn't look as if it's Barcelona, in fact, they got relegated, yeah. and he did very well there. Yeah. He's got seven or eight goals for Braintree, which is a very good effort in, in at that level. So he he obviously proved he could cope at national league level. Um, but he's gone to Northampton Town now on loan, um, if it was him. Yeah. Um, and he started for Northampton Town in their midweek game on, on Tuesday night. So that's the level of player we're talking about. And if that's true, hmm. then, you know, it's. I'm sure Gary Johnson is pretty frustrated that um, that a player who clearly is good enough to st- yeah. be a starting yeah. player in League Two that he couldn't quite get his hands on. So... You move on. Ifs and, and buts, isn't it? It, 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 but, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Ifs and buts. And I think it's, it's a, a reminder to everybody that um, you know at United, it's part of what makes Torquay United such a good and vibrant and strong and hopefully forward-looking club is that the fans expect United to be able to pull off those kind of transfers. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know you do have to bear in mind. A, and we've been over it many times, the geographical thing. I don't think that was an issue at all in, mm. in this particular case. But, you know, United are in the National League at the moment and and they're halfway up the National League. Um, and, you know, in a bit of a transition from yeah. uh, you know, yeah. promotion last season to trying to get a team that's good enough to, to go up from this one. But... You know, so uh, in football terms, United fans, quite rightly, because they continue to turn up in the sort of numbers that justify that, feel that United should be punching for all these kind of players, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah. And and uh, you know, we all get that absolutely. Um, but sometimes it's doing it is uh, a little bit harder than yeah. dreaming it up. Yeah. So let's um, let's turn our minds back to that memorable Saturday afternoon at, against Ebbsfleet, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, well, I, I did actually put a warning on the uh, the post match um, tweet saying warning may cause drowsiness. It yeah. was it was not a great spectacle. Well, when was you it? when when you think that United had come, from, I was driving into the game before you know uh, uh, on Saturday lunchtime. Uh, United and Ebbsfleet had conceded more goals than any other two teams in, in the division this season. Yeah. 117 goals between them. And well, we've I, still scored more than a lot of the top teams. Exactly, yeah. we have, but still. 
um, uh, uh, United to come off the back of a 3-2 win at Fylde, where yeah. uh, by all accounts that uh, I didn't go to that game, they played some pretty good stuff, scored three goals away from home. Uh, very desperate for another win to sort of close the gap on the playoff bunch. Ebbsfleet deep in trouble, desperate for a win uh, to try yeah. and cheer themselves up. What score would you not have backed in a million years if you if I'd popped into Corals in Barton and and by the way other bookies are available. Indeed. Um, I wonder what the odds would have been on a nil nil draw. Well, you know, whatever. Long. And and, and yeah. it, that was the last result mm. that you would have expected in the circumstances, and yet it took United seventy eight minutes to have a shot yeah. on target. Uh, Ebb's fleet. Um, were half decent, I thought. Uh, the the yeah. two the yeah. two muscular strikers, Umera and Goziogwu up front, put yeah. themselves about to, yeah. to some sort of effect. They were but decent it, at the back as well, weren't exactly. they? Um, and Jamie Reid knew he'd been in the game. written all yeah, over it, it quite yeah. a long way out, didn't it? Interesting um, what Gary was saying there as well. That the, the ball was only in play for forty two minutes. Well, this is a, this is he he does yeah. chat about this, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, at, at regular intervals and. Um, uh, He's right, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's. I, th I think he did refer to the fact, of course, that when you give the ball away <laughs> yourselves, that is a yeah. is a sort of a waste of time as well. Um, but look, I think I, I think it'll be a subject that that comes that keeps cropping up, not just here but everywhere. Yeah. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if one of these famous referee guidelines in the summer or somewhere else is to try and encourage referees to punish or pull up people yeah. on for time wasting earlier because if it's happening at Torquay it must be happening mm. at every yeah. other ground in yeah. the country this isn't something that's just a you know a prerequisite of playing more you're going to have um, a, end up with the referee adding on 15 minutes of added time at the end of a half there you, you? Are, there you go or booking people as the referee against Halifax in mm. the yeah. uh, FA Trophy tie did after 56 minutes which immediately yeah. stopped and 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 you know yeah. that is the key to it, isn't it? If 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 the referee books a player for for in his opinion time wasting early yeah. early in the game, and I don't mean after twenty minutes, but well, I suppose it could be. Then it doesn't really matter, does it? But mm. if if in his opinion a player is t is time wasting at any stage of the game, you know, and he acts on it yeah. early enough. It tends to stop it. It concentrates the mind a little yeah, bit when you do exactly. that, doesn't it? But interesting that the, the absolute game. I, going home afterwards, just talk about how you're feeling when you're driving to the game. Stick Stills, Hargreaves, Zabrowski, Lee Phillips into the United team on Saturday and have them off yeah. colour, mm. even off colour as United were on Saturday. And they probably would have won that match purely by battering the door down. Yeah, yeah. And United don't have this option. Um, uh, and it meant in those days that that style of team and that physique of team could win games even when they weren't playing very yeah. well. Now, Gary Johnson has had a team which he partly inherited or mostly inherited from Gary Hours last year. He added you know, some of mm. his own and he's continued to do that. And they basically got where they, where they are at the moment without that style of Pretty direct, long ball, in-your-face football. Mm. They try and pass the ball. They try and have their combinations. Yeah. They try and score. They don't mean to score great goals, but they, that's how they yeah. th that's how they play. Now, um, he is trying to add that extra element mm. in, and it's difficult. Gary yeah. Johnson has managed for thirty odd years. And he's won promotion with all different styles of football and different styles of play. And uh, he, he knows what works in this division. Yeah. And he is trying to find, at the moment, that ingredient of a bigger, stronger, more powerful centre-forward that would allow United to yeah. play longer balls and to win it in the air and get flick-ons and that sort of stuff. Now, the next question is, how many Tim Sills are there around these days? Precious few. There's well, there not, weren't that many around in Tim Sills' day. Exactly, which is why they were such yeah. in-demand players. Look, Tim Sills, if he was sitting here with us, would never claim to be the greatest target man in the world. His first touch was better than most people gave him credit for, but it wasn't mm. Marco van Basten. And, uh, but you stick the ball in the box yeah. uh, or up the middle of the pitch 
and the op- opposition centre half stroke goalkeeper had a problem yeah. because the, he was going to be he was going to be on the end of it and and he had that wonderful ability in the air and people could make runs off him you know not just in hope but in expectation yeah. that the ball might be there and that's an ingredient united haven't got there is no point in the in in united at the moment for instance last saturday in sticking long balls up to jamie reed in the air you've got two big strong yeah. um yeah. Uh, feet center halves and they're they're going to tend to to win that sort of stuff so this is an interesting time yeah that that, that gary johnson is trying to find a slightly more yeah. muscular, powerful. Now, can you get them experienced? Well, as, you know. Well, that leads me to the next question I was going to ask you: Is Jared Lewington that player? Well, he, he hopes so. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, Jared's had a bit of an in and out time with injuries, as, as we yeah. all know. He's still not up to 100% fitness anyway. Uh, he wanted to try and give him the chance of a, of a you know mm. local, uh, um, locally based striker to come in and show that he can do it. But I mean, he's in that style of player, yeah, yeah definitely. But you know, we're talking about a player who's capable of winning promotion, a twenty yeah. goals centre forward striker uh, um, who plays in a different style to Jamie Reid. Um, to do that job, yeah, uh, and uh, it, it's 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 a tough one to find them these days. Uh, a lot of it is to do with attitude. You have to be not worried about picking no. up stitches and yeah. flattened noses and stuff like that. That's the territory we're talking about. Um, it's hard, tough, yeah. you know, hard yards football. Every, every um, team is looking for a Reese Murphy, aren't they? There you go. Or, or, or yeah. as we've often talked, you know, the old Matt Reeds of this world. Yeah. And um, you know it, it's 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 an interesting um, search, put it like yeah, that. But uh, I'm sure they're they're trying very hard. Now, two of the players who left here in the in the week since the last podcast had lively starts to their their new careers. Yeah, I mean, they? as Gary Johnson just referred to today, uh, you know, obviously Rory Keating is a kind of you know in your face uh, yeah. uh, target man centre forward. Um, the brutal fact of the matter is that that Gary Johnson has has decided for right or wrong, and he did say that everybody's got different opinions yeah. on these matters. That that Ruri wasn't the man to take us into the back into mm. the football league, and uh, just like him and Jean-Yves Cuniati, he's he's uh, he circulated their names. Um, uh, uh, Ruri Keating nearly left before Christmas, um, uh, d- didn't. Um, and now he has gone to Gateshead. Both of them have gone. To, he's gone to Gateshead. Niate's gone to Aldershot. Yeah. Both of them on contracts to the end of this season. So they're both on sort of like almost prove yourself. Yeah, I was, ones. I, I was quite surprised they were on short contracts. When we talked about Rory last week, we speculated he might be on an eighteen months or something like that. But it was just to the end of the season. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I heard originally that it was a loan. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you know that turned out not mm. to be true. Um, and that would have made sense as well, sort yeah, of like a loan yeah. to the end of the season. But no, they've both been released, and and um, you know they're both off the wage bill, yeah. uh, which is also another factor that's worth bearing in mind in terms of going out and trying to strengthen the squad. Have transfer fees changed hands for either? Uh, not as far as I know. No. 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 So um, uh, you know, very good luck to them. Yeah. Uh, you know. And and in in all of these circumstances, there are supporters who automatically assume that uh, Ruri Keating and Johnny Cuniati aren't talking to Gary Johnson and vice versa. That there's always been something, you know. It's it's seldom as black and white as that. As far as I know, the farewells, both with the players and with Johnson and the staff, were, you know, very yeah. uh, um, cordial and friendly. Um, uh, they've both had a really good time in their career here and these things move on and change as squads do Yeah. so Rory came on and scored came on and scored within head. six minutes of his on debut Tuesday, at right? of course he couldn't play last Saturday No. as we all know with the tragic circumstances uh, Gateshead were at Alfreton and Jordan Sennett, the Alfreton, That's an awful Alfreton story, player, yeah, he, he wasn't actually playing for Alfreton because he was on loan at Matlock. Mm. So both the games at Alfreton and Matlock were, were, were called off. He, he obviously, sadly, was killed um, in an incident on uh, on the Friday night. But um, Very pleased to see that Torquay have got involved with the shirts thing that they're doing they as have, well. Yes. Clubs all over Europe, possibly even further afield, are, are 
sending shirts, aren't they? They for, are. Um, for, yeah, yeah. In memory um, of Jordan Sinnott. Uh, I think you know Jordan Sinnott is a, is a very popular and you know quite widely travelled player, but also his father Lee Sinnott yeah. was a very well known uh, player in Northern football, yeah. Huddersfield player for many years, managed Altrincham. Um, so it's a, the Sinnott family is is a very well known and strong footballing family in the north of England, and um, uh, you know his his death has has oh, yeah. uh, hit people very hard up there. Shocking. Um, and John Eve played for Aldershot. Tuesday night picks up his ninth booking of the season. So he's he <laughs> fingers <finally> crossed. <laughs> Calm down, John. You don't want to go there and then sit on sit on the sit in the stand for three no, games. No. Nine um, book. I hadn't realised he'd quite got to nine bookings, no, but he, no. he does tend to pick up. But a they got a nil-nil draw at Eastleigh, yeah. so good for them. Yeah. Um, and that again, it, it doesn't it underline how up and down the division still is. Mm. Ebbsfleet, um, it, deep in trouble, um, drew at Playmore on Saturday, which of course was a point gain for them, just as it was two drop for United. They promptly beat Woking in midweek, yeah. who had beaten Yeovil 1-0, and by all accounts, more easily than 1-0 suggests, suggested. Um, you've got Wrexham winning at Harrogate, who have beating, been beating everybody yeah. up, etc., etc., etc. Eastleigh, who have got a pretty strong squad and look like they might get in the playoffs. Them and, them and Woking are now on a downward path. Yeah. You just can't no. tell, can you? Solihull Moors, who have been throwing money at it this season, um, have won, what, one in five or something yeah. like that. They've had a, a, a rocky old time. Manager's gone. Manager, Tim Flowers is gone. Tim Flowers yeah. is gone. Yeah. This is, this is, these are the kind of pressures and the kind of unpredictable form which just seems to wash across this division, it's especially this league, season. A very, very strange Except league. for... And we'll get on to them in a minute. Barrow. <laughs> Barrow. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Barrow. Let's touch briefly on Tavistock. Last night's yeah. game Didn't in go. the Devon Cup. Disappointing uh, result. I thought he lost 3-0. They did, yeah. They're, Three they're, second they're, half goals. Yeah, 0-0 nil, nil half time. Yeah. They did have a very young side out. And, and when I say young side, these weren't just under 18 players. They had quite a lot of 16-year-olds in the, t- in the team. And as Gary was sort of hinting to us afterwards, the pitch, look, well done to Tavistock for getting the game on. Yeah. You know, there's pitches being, uh, games being called off all over the place at the moment. As it we was know. inspected just before as well. Inspection, yeah. It, yeah. sort of tea time, it went on. Um, and the, these very heavy, you know, glue pot pitches are tough for 16 year olds to get through yeah. 90 minutes effectively against, you know, men who, you know, are, are more powerful anyway. Um, Interesting to hear that Liam Prynne was playing for yeah, Tavistock last quite. night. Yeah, ex-United youth yeah. team player. Um, well, I, I always thought he was a really promising lad on either thing. And of course, he yeah. went to Aston Villa yeah. for quite a lot of money at one stage. Yeah. Um, and that didn't work out. But no, he's he's a, he's a Cornish lad. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, great to hear of him still... Doing Still the playing, playing well, yeah. by the sound of it. So and well, and, and they won. They they scored three times in the second half. Yeah. There was a mixture of a team. There was uh, pros where Sean McDonald was in goal. Um, uh, Louis Slough, who's been out for quite a long time, he's had a very niggling back problem, which does mm-hmm. sometimes affect young teenage yeah. footballers, especially. Big pardon. Um, you know, he's a tall centre half, so he just he, he was just back. Uh, Matt Buse was back in midfield. That's good to see. Yeah. But um, I think it was only ever the plan for him to play 45 minutes because he hasn't played for quite a while after an ankle injury. Yeah. You had Jared Lewington and Olaf Casella in attack. Um, and they are both people who haven't played for quite a while yeah. as well. So um, it, was, it was a mix and match team. Uh, the youth team players were very youthful on yeah. the whole. Uh, and United, by the sound of it, didn't have quite enough to no. to um, to keep it going in the, in the second half. And, and good experience for the young players, though, isn't it? You would to think, play, you, you would play think with professionals, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. So take some positives from it and um, and move on. Move on. So Barrow on Saturday, the second longest. It must be the one of the longest trips in English football, isn't it? Talking yeah. to Barrow, talking um, to Hartlepool is the longest. Uh, yeah. Well, Plymouth, Plymouth to Sunderland. Plymouth to Sunderland uh, uh, is is I think the longest okay. trip in in English football. Um, but it feels the longest because because yeah. when when you get up to the Lake District. And you think, oh, we're nearly there now. You then turn left off the M6 into what everybody calls the longest cul-de-sac <laughs> in the world because uh, there's only one road in and yeah. one road out where Barrow's concerned. Well, n- more or less. So, no, it's a proper long trip, but 
these have to be done. Yeah. And um, they're going you, well, aren't they, Barrow? Well, extraordinary. Yeah. They won yeah. two of their first nine games this season, yeah. and you know, that's not that team isn't going to go up, is it? Whoops. You would think that. <laughs> yeah. They've they've lost one out of their last twenty-two league games. Really? Yeah. 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 And guess where that was? Plainmore. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when John Rooney got sent off. Um, the brother of Wayne yeah. United won 4-2 in the end that was the game where Amani Little scored twice and uh, got injured for the second time going for his hat-trick so uh, they've they've extraordinary uh, run but uh, I must say when I was doing the preview of the game uh, for the Herald this week uh, uh, Gary Johnson mentioned it in his press conference uh, they've had look you can call it luck if you like or whatever but they've been extremely fortunate with injuries and the team all credit to them it shouldn't mean that you take anything away uh, last season United won the National League South title with 17 players at the end of the season so yeah. you can't suddenly start you know reading too much into that but they've they've managed to keep the manager Ian Effort Ian Everett um, used to big stalwart defender for Chesterfield in particular over the years yeah. uh, played with Aaron Downs at the back. Everton Downs was the um, the, the centre half pairing yeah. Uh, yeah. At, uh, at Chesterfield for many years. So they're big mates, um, and he's gathered a group of players there that have clicked big time. A lot of them have hinted at doing good stuff at other clubs and never quite done it. Yeah. Now he must be doing something right because they are going great guns they got a nil-nil draw in midweek at Solihull Moors and that extended the run yeah. they're, they're a strange team though, aren't they because they don't all go up to Barrow twice a week to train do well, they well if you can imagine Barrow very few you know professional footballers live uh, uh, would be moving to Barrow uh, from elsewhere so they train in Manchester I think it's near Rochdale yeah um, through the week um, even for home games the players meet in a hotel uh, in in Barrow, yeah, yeah, or most of them do, and then of course away games take care of themselves. They do have, they have pick up points down various motorways, all depending on where they're going. It's a, it's a it's a funny old setup, which is even more to their credit if you think about it. It's amazing uh, um, they can make that work. Exactly, yeah. uh, and their gates have been pretty modest for most of this season. Uh, we're talking about a club that dropped out of the football league in 1972. Yeah. So you imagine, it. Yeah. you yeah. imagine for them what a bit, what a huge deal this is. Yeah. That is that they Barrow might finally be getting back into the football league after all that yeah. time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to it's going to be a proper set to on Saturday. And that squad business is amazing. If you think about it, if if it was Torquay. How would the Torquay fans feel if their entire squad was meeting and training in Bristol, Bristol, yeah, every week, and only coming down here for match days? There you go. You wouldn't feel the same sort of connection with the squad. Do you? you wouldn't think so. But they're still they're getting half decent crowds. The finally gates are picking up. They, yeah. they struggle to sort of get above about fifteen hundred for most of the time, as they have done for quite a long time. Then it sort of went up above two thousand. They've had three thousand for their last couple of games. Mm -hmm. um, quite right too. Yeah. Um, and uh, it must be very exciting for them up there. That you know, the possibility, and they must be pinching themselves, and they must have been doing it for months now, thinking when is this run going to end? Well, it it, it hasn't. Saturday. And it just, and it just keeps going. Well, <laughs> it, you never know, do you? With, you with, with do United, know. you and I were sitting in reception here at Playmore waiting to see Gary and do our podcast this morning and various people were walking past and we were saying to them, just like us to go and win at Barrow on Saturday. Absolutely, it? and Gary's clearly looking forward to it, isn't he? That's well, well you, you would be. Relishing that Yeah, one. yeah, because yeah. United went to Fylde last, what is it, 10 days ago and won 3-2 there, playing a really good you know, attacking brand of football. I don't think anybody said that United didn't deserve to win that match. Mm. So they have got this ability to go and attack teams. You know, the crucial thing is, as we said last Saturday, if United had taken the lead at any stage in the first hour of that match, yeah. uh, with a, with any kind of a goal, I think you and I were in the press box together thinking, a scruffy one will do Anything here. Will do. Anything An will, own do. Goal will An do. own goal yeah. will do here. Yeah. And United will almost certainly have gone on and won yeah. that match because the game then opens out and you know they get that little bit more room and time to, to play yeah. and pass the ball. They couldn't, if they didn't. And that's history. Let's let's forget all about it. Yeah. Just pretend the absolute game never happened. <laughs> uh, some interesting stories surrounding uh, some former goals today. Uh, Billy Key has retired yeah. from football. He's only 29. He's retired from football. Um, we liked him here, didn't we, Billy Key? And wish him, wish him well. With, um, 
I think he, he, he funny his his time here. He was with United for just over a year, yeah. two thousand and ten, eleven. That sort of time, United had got back into the league under Paul Buckle, and he was part of the squad that got to the two thousand eleven yeah, playoff yeah. final at Old Trafford. Um, uh, he, he his strike his strike rate was always as it has been all the way through his career, pretty good. Here he scored yeah. ten in twenty four game twenty four yeah. starts, but he never seemed to quite convince Paul Buckle that he was the the real deal because mm. Paul used to play him some weeks and then not the next. I remember he almost turned out on the right wing at against Stevenage at Old Trafford, didn't Fox he? He used to play strikers on the right wing was, from well, time to time. Yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, so he he was a player who's who, it never quite happened for him here. Mm. Um, but uh, he was he although he's born in Loughborough, he was he is a Leicester lad in by all to all intents and purposes. That's where he started his career. He left United, went to Burton, scored buckets of goals at Burton, yeah. spell at Scunthorpe, went to Accrington Stanley. And the person I think that everybody should give a little nod to in these rather sort of difficult circumstances because his mental health problems, he's been extraordinarily brave and open he about has. over yeah. these last yeah. few years, yeah. ad- you know, admitting that, that he has struggled for a long time. Is is what an extraordinary job John Coleman, the Accrington manager, has done to try and usher him through this yeah. this this very difficult period in his life. Um, and he's brought him back. He's let him go off and try and recover and yeah. you know get in a better frame of mind. Brought him back in, and he's kept up this terrific strike rate. I mean, he's he's scored what seventy two goals. Um, for Accrington over the last four years, something like that, and yeah. again because of his mental health problems, in and out of the uh, of, of the team. But he's finally announced his retirement at the age, as, as you said, of twenty nine. Yeah. So everybody wishes him absolutely, uh, 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 yeah, you know, all the luck in the world in in moving on with his life. And he his his quote was that he already feels in a better place, yeah. having made the decision. And you imagine, well, we can only imagine, can't we? But you imagine somebody in his situation has trying to gear himself up yeah. to go into back into the life of being a professional footballer and, and all the pressures that that must have brought for him. So, uh, no, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Him. Good luck to him as well. And there's a, there's a Scottish connection with uh, our, our two other previous players. Uh, Dale Tong has got himself an interesting job, hasn't he? Telling me he has, yeah. Uh, and what an arrival as well. Um, uh, Dale Tong um, played for United, what, for two years, 2013 mm, yeah. to 15? Right back. Right back, yeah. yeah. Very experienced right back. Um, uh, Barnsley, which is hometown of Rotherham. Um, uh, ended up, carried on playing for one or two other clubs, played Hankley for Stockport. Turned out for FC United of Manchester for a while, towards yeah. the end of his playing yeah. career. Uh, and then went back to his... Um, uh, hometown club Barnsley uh, started coaching the in the youth in the academy there, and then when Daniel Stendel, uh, the um, manager, moved a new manager yeah. was brought in. For, is he German or Austrian? I forget, I'm one not of the sure. two. Yeah. Anyway, he moved in and he very quickly fast tracked um, Dale Tong up the coaching ladder, and he ended up as his assistant. Daniel Stendhal was sacked earlier this year at Barnsley. He's, he was then appointed at Hearts yeah. in the SPL. And now Dale Tong has followed Stendhal to Hearts. And his first game with the two of them in charge, uh, they beat Rangers last year. They've been struggling big time at yeah. the bottom of the table. They pulled off a huge shock victory over Rangers. Um, so, yeah, um, well. fingers it, crossed for them. And if you read the stories about his appointment there, the technical expertise that he's got, the level, the the depth that they drill down in modern coaching with electronics and GPS and good, Dale is the professor behind all that at heart. Apparently, isn't he? uh, or so, and uh, has been at, well, yeah. at Barnsley. So look, a lot of clubs do it. Most clubs tend, yeah. to, tend to do it. But it's he's obviously though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's he's obviously all over that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, interesting stuff. We shall follow Dale Tong's or Hart's progress with we uh, Dale Tong there. And we'll be following Morton as well because Sean McGinty, um, who was at Partick Thistle, I believe has got a free transfer. He's gone to Morton anyway. This interesting week. that he should go from uh, Partick Thistle, obviously been struggling in the yeah. championship up there for some Big time. Style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they have little hints that they're suddenly getting some mm. form and pulling out of it, and then they go and lose to Alloa or somebody like that. And. Um, 
he's got a free transfer, but Morton have picked him up very quickly. Now, um, Morton and Partick Thistle are pretty close together. Um, yeah. uh, it, it's it's uh, um, I've I've been up there, and Granite Morton is a is a proper Clyde side club. Yeah, and I think Morton are are they in the Championship? Yeah, I think they probably are the same division as Partick so, Thistle. Yeah. So. It's an interesting They've move, obviously isn't it? decided, yeah, yeah. well, if they don't want him, if Partick don't want him, we'll have yeah. him. And um, so good luck to Sean. He was, he was captain of Thistle for a while. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's done all right. So he, he's, and, and he obviously likes it up there, or else he would have gone, no, thanks very much, and come back down yeah. south of the border. So um, I must give him a ring, actually. He and I always got on pretty yeah. well, so uh, to wish him luck. But Good uh, for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good luck to good Sean way. McGinty. Which brings us kind of to the end of the agenda. The players are out on the pitch. We won't give away who's out there, what formation they're doing, or even what they're doing. They're just the, warming. They are. Yeah, yeah. The uh, training is underway out there on the pitch. Uh, there won't be a podcast next week. We're giving you all a week off next week because, well, there isn't a game on the 8th. There's no, there no, isn't. So we, Worth remembering that. Worth reiterating that. Indeed. Uh, Notts County are taken with other duties. They're at Yeovil in the uh, FA Trophy. So United don't have a fixture on Saturday, That's February the 8th, which partly explains why they're so long before another home game. Yeah, um, there's no I home game until the 22nd. Until 22nd when yeah. Halifax come back in a, in, a, in a league match. Yeah. But there won't be a podcast next week. I'm away next week, so... No pod, you've got a week off. You well can done. do with your Thursday afternoon or time. evening, whatever you choose. Uh, good to have your company. Thank you very much. This has been the Yellow Army Podcast. Barrow away on Saturday. If you are travelling, have a safe journey. Quite a lot are. Uh, um, there was, a, there was, there was a, a really good turnout in the circumstances that filed. It's not only by road that people go to these games. So I heard. Trains, boats... Planes. They said some of them actually flew up to Blackpool for the filed game. Yeah. That's doing uh, style, I, I, isn't it? Obviously, the two longest trips of the season in this season are Barrow and Hartlepool. Hartlepool is the last game of the season yeah. away. And I know there's a lot of plans going into uh, people making advanced plans to get to yeah. Hartlepool and possibly make a weekend of that. But um, uh, no, uh, the, the, the locals are very friendly in Barrow. Yeah, um, there's a jolly good social club there as well as I remember from previous times. So although it is a bit of a marathon and it'll be an early morning start, it's got to be done. Enjoy, and as ever, come, come on, on you, you yellows. yellows! You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talkie United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.